Hi there, Harry from Witch here. Our research has found that millions of families are skipping meals to survive the cost of living crisis. And our figures show that over 8 in 10 people in the UK are having to make adjustments to save money on food. With the price of essential products soaring, we believe that supermarkets have to step up to the plate to help us all. That's why we've launched the Affordable Food for All campaign, calling on the big supermarkets to take action and make a real difference to communities across the UK. If you agree and would like to join our campaign, then sign our petition at witch.co.uk affordable food and use the hashtag affordable food for all on social media. Thank you. Welcome to The Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. It's really crazy to think that it's been just eight weeks since the mini-budget. It's a pretty drastic case of damage limitation, frankly. Yeah, we were we, we were very pleasantly surprised by what the Chancellor has announced for, for low-income households. You know, I'm just thinking about my own situation over the next few months with my energy bills going to go up in April, which will be really difficult. Council taxes going up. And then a few years from now, with those frozen tax thresholds really kicking in, we're really going to feel the impact in our wallets. This week, we're here a day earlier than usual as we bring you all the latest on the government's long-awaited autumn statement. So today, the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, took to his feet in the House of Commons just 55 days on from his predecessor, Kwasi Kwarteng's mini-budget. And as we know, so much has changed since then. Here's how the Chancellor concluded his statement earlier today. Because of the difficult decisions we take today, we strengthen our public finances, bring down inflation, protect jobs, We build the first state-backed nuclear power station for 30 years. We continue the biggest program of capital investment for 40 years. We protect standards in schools, cut NHS waiting times, fund social care, cap energy bills, support those on benefits. We protect workers with the biggest ever increase in the national living wage and our pensioners on the triple lock with the biggest ever increase in the state pension. This is a balanced plan for stability, a plan for growth, and a plan for public services. It shows that you don't need to choose either a strong economy or good public services. With Conservatives, and only with Conservatives, you get both. And I commend this statement to the House. And here's the Labour Party's Shadow Chancellor, Rachel Reeves' response. So here we are. The end of 2022. Three Prime Ministers, four Chancellors and four Budgets later. Where do we find ourselves? In a worse place than we started the year. Inflation spiralling, growth plunging, living standards falling. Mr Speaker, Britain is a great country with fantastic strengths. But because of this government's mistakes, We are being held back. What people will be asking themselves at the next election is this. And me and my family better off with a Conservative government? And the answer is no. 
So let's get straight to it and to analyse what's been said and what it means for your money, I'm joined by another stellar cast, both the editor and deputy editor of The Witch Money magazine, Jenny Ross and Sam Richardson. Hello both. Hi. Hi. Now, just yesterday, as we were all bracing ourselves for today's statement, the Office for National Statistics reported its highest figure of inflation in over 40 years, with the Consumer Prices Index rising to 11.1% in October. Jenny, how much has the high rate of inflation impacted what the Chancellor has had to say today? A lot is the, is the very mm-hmm. short answer here. I mean, inflation is a really big part of the economic storm that uh, Jeremy Hunt referred to in his speech. And we are all feeling it in one way or another, um, you know, particularly in the soaring cost of gas, uh, electricity and, and food as well. Mm-hmm. If you look at inflation uh, levels for food in particular, that is that's much higher than 11.1%. I think it's up. I think it's up around 16% at the moment. All of this is having a very, very real impact, not just on our pockets, but on the on the economy at large large and in fact uh you know Jeremy Hunt is, is, is sort of you know is waging war against inflation um he, you know he referred to it as, as the enemy of stability greater stability is exactly what his statement was uh designed to bring about it's uh it's really crazy to think that it's been just eight weeks since um the mini budget announced by quasi Kwarteng um caused a complete wobble and meltdown in, in the markets and the cost of government borrowing to go up. So this is a bit of, I mean, it's a pretty drastic case of damage limitation, frankly. And, uh, you know, Hunt's, Hunt's main goal for today was was to calm the markets and, uh, and to bring down government debt, which has soared since the pandemic um, and obviously since the challenges of, of the past year as well. Um, so there's been a lot of talk uh, before today's speech about this giant £50 billion fiscal black hole. The announcements today are, are, are all focused on that, you know, ways that the government is is going to try to to plug that, 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 that huge gap. Well, shall we dive into today's budget then? And shall we start with updates on one of the biggest drivers of inflation and the topic I'm sure listeners will be waiting for, energy bills. Now, Jeremy Hunt, as soon as he came into office as Chancellor, suggested the energy price guarantee, which is currently capping bills for the typical household at £2,500 a year, would be cut short in April 2023. So tell us the latest here. How much more will our energy bills be come April? Well, Lucia, I'm going to have to give a slightly irritating answer here. The answer depends on how much gas and electricity you use. It's the price per unit of gas and electricity that's limited, not your overall bill. So that headline £3,000 figure for the typical household, that won't apply to everyone. If you have a smaller property, it's very well insulated, you don't use much electricity, your bills will increase uh, to less than that, and that's over a year. If you're in a large property, it's poorly insulated, your bills could increase to more than that. The point is the limits on the units will rise in April and energy providers are very likely to raise costs as soon as they can. That's because the wholesale price of energy is still very high due to the war in Ukraine and other factors. Uh, Without the energy price guarantee, analysts estimate the typical household would actually be paying £3,740 per year. So, you know, we're still saving a fair amount. So we know now that the energy price guarantee will be rising to £3,000 for the average household in April, up from £2,500 at present. So the typical household, of course, is now facing around £500 more over the year. You know, it's worth taking into account that the £400 energy rebate 
that we recently received, which for most of us was applied directly to our bills, isn't going to be repeated. However, those on means-tested benefits will get a £900 payment into their bank account with another £150 on top of that for those on disability benefits. There's also £300 for pensioners who receive the winter fuel payment. I'd definitely advise you know going to our website, wish.co.uk, to look on tips on reducing your energy usage because the price cap applies per unit. So if you use fewer units, it will bring down what you pay. And before we get to the mammoth topic of tax, you just touched on some of the people who will be most affected by these rising uh, energy prices. Can we talk a bit more about pensions and benefits. Um, So on the podcast, we've spoken many times about the triple lock, something first introduced in 2010 by the Conservative Liberal Democrat Coalition. Now, it's supposed to mean that state pension payments are increased each year by whichever is the highest of three things, average earnings, inflation or 2.5%. But with inflation so high, there's been so much debate about what will happen next. So Jenny, can you tell us more? What rise will we be seeing? Yes, you're right that speculation has been absolutely rife in in the lead up um, to the autumn statement about what is going to happen to the triple lock, which, as you pointed out, Lucia, you know, is a guarantee uh, in the um, payments for the state pension every year, which is obviously great from pensioners' point of views, but very expensive from from the government's point of view. And we have already seen um, the government taking action to reduce the cost of the triple lock this year. So for for for, for this year, they actually suspended the triple lock, turned it into a double lock because uh, of wage growth being slightly skewed in the aftermath of the pandemic. Um, pensioners were in line for an increase of around 8% from, from April this year. The government decided it didn't want to honour that and reverted to the next um, highest uh, measure there, which was the uh, inflation figure for last September, which at that point was 3.1%. So, I mean, that in itself is just shows like you know, how, how far things have spiralled to go, to go from 3.1% last year to 10.1% now. I think a lot of people, a lot of pensioners were probably bracing, bracing for the worst, but millions will be will be breathing a, a sigh of relief today uh, because Jeremy Hunt has confirmed that the triple lock will be restored uh, from April 2023 and that in line with the triple lock f- formula, state pensioners are going to see their payments rise by a record 10.1%, which is the inflation figure for, for September just gone. What that's going to mean in, pr- in practice for, for cash in your pocket is that the full level of new state pension is going to go up from £185.15 per week to to £203.85 pence a week from April 2023. Uh, and that means that pensioners will be £972 better off by the end of the 23-24 tax year. And their total income for that for that year will be uh, £10,600. It should be said that, that exactly how much state pension you, you get does does depend on uh, on your national insurance record. So you could get more or less um, than than that headline rate. But, but the headline takeaway right, right, right now is that if you are a state pensioner, you, your payments are going to be going up from April. Obviously, that, that is the best part of six six months away. So it's not going to pro- provide any any instant comfort, but but it will be a relief nonetheless. Also today, other benefits um, like universal credit, uh, it's been confirmed that they will they will too be rising by 10.1%. Jeremy Hunt, he did in his speech, you know, refer to this as an expensive commitment. It's apparently costing £11 billion uh, to the government, but they've determined that, that that is, you know, the appropriate course of action given uh, given the cost of living crisis. Now, 
this will be incredibly welcome news for people receiving the state pension and other benefits. But as you say, it will only come in from April. So the next few months will still be extremely hard for many. And it comes after Hunt previously pledged a more targeted approach for those on the lowest incomes. So have we seen that so far in this budget? Here's Mike Brewer, Chief Economist from the Resolution Foundation, for their response. Yeah, we were we, we're very pleasantly surprised by what the Chancellor has announced for for low income households. Uh, and a, a few weeks ago, of course, there were rumours that they they would increase benefits and pensions by less than the rate of inflation. Um, and but you know, those those came to nothing. So what we call today was benefits and the state pension going up next April by ten percent, in line with the rate of inflation, which is which is the right thing to do. Uh, we saw uh, a large, we've seen a large increase in the national living wage coming next year. Again, that's that's the right thing to do. That's fantastic. Um, and the, the and the support for energy, although it is costing less overall, it is it is much more focused than it was last year on the poorest households. So I think this is this is to be applauded. This is a this is a fairly a pretty progressive set of support set of support uh, for low income households and i think the, the chancellor has 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 is true to his world he true to his word he is do it, doing his most to protect uh, the most vulnerable through th- from the worst of the cost of living crisis So this brings us to the second half of the show on taxes. Now, before the statement, a Treasury source indicated that across the board, tax increases would be needed to improve the UK's public finances. And today, the Chancellor announced that over the next five years, taxes of a proportion of our national income will rise by 1%. So, Sam, let's unpack that. Can we start with changes to income tax? Yeah, so Jeremy Hunt really tried to avoid using the phrase tax rises, but he did say he had tried to be fair and he was asking more from those who have more. And perhaps the headline example of that is the reduction in the threshold for additional rate tax from £150,000 to £125,140. So additional rate tax is the top rate of tax. It's 45% on any income above that threshold. But of course, that means only relatively wealthy people pay it. But what will actually affect most of us is the freezing of most other income tax thresholds until 2028. Previously, they were due to be frozen until 2026. So the tax bans determine the rate of tax you pay on your income. In England and Northern Ireland, for instance, you pay 0% tax on the first £12,570, then 20% on income up to £50,270. From £50,271, you pay the higher rate, which is 40%. That goes up to the additional rate threshold, which, as we've heard, is coming down from £150,000 to £125,140. It's worth noting here that Scotland sets slightly different rates and thresholds. Uh, Welsh taxpayers currently pay the same as English and Northern Ireland taxpayers. But as tax has been devolved in Wales, this could change. So the Welsh budget is due on the 13th of December. So the point with frozen thresholds is that inflation has meant many items are costing more. Some of us have been lucky enough to get pay rises to help us cope with those increased costs. Prior to this year, tax thresholds tended to increase each year by inflation, which was also much lower then, in order to take that inflation, those rising costs, those increased incomes into account. Now, with those frozen thresholds, if your income rises, 
it's more likely to cross into the basic higher or additional rate tax thresholds. Whereas today, for instance, you might be a basic rate taxpayer, tomorrow you might be a higher rate taxpayer. Though it's important to remember here that it's only your income above a threshold which incurs the higher rate. With the exception of additional rate taxpayers, you won't actually be poorer than if you hadn't got a pay rise, but you won't benefit quite as much from this pay rise because the government will be taking slightly more of it in tax. That's why it's called stealth taxes, right? Because it's not it's not technically a tax rise, but mm. at the end of the day, the government is going to be is going to be taking more from uh, from from what you're earning, um, and you will have less to show for yourself after however many years um, than you would have done uh, had had uh, the thresholds gone up in line with inflation, which is what you know traditionally has happened each year. And Jenny, tax came up an awful lot more in the budget, didn't it? Can you talk us through what else the Chancellor's speech means for other taxes? Yes, yeah, so, so Sam's outlined the biggies, you know, income tax and national insurance, the taxes that are going to affect the, the vast majority of people. But there, there were quite a few other um, tax changes in the mix. I'll kick off with inheritance tax, just because it's a similar story to income tax and national insurance in that allowances have been frozen or, you know, there's been an extension to to the freeze um, for another couple of years. So originally they were going to be frozen until 2026. That is now um, going right until April 2028. Now, unlike national insurance and uh, income tax, inheritance tax affects far, far fewer people. Um, I think the the latest reckoning, it was less than 4% of of estates um, uh, ended up with an inheritance tax bill. Around 20,000 deaths resulted in a bill. So it, it is technically you know a tax for for the wealthy but freezing um the allowances means that more people will be dragged into paying it over over time uh, thanks to thanks to rising house prices um so j- just to touch on what those allowances look like um what's known as the nil rate band for in- inheritance tax has actually remained the same since 2009 at 325,000 pounds and it's going to stay there until 2028 um you also get an extra allowance if you're Passing your home to children or to grandchildren, uh, that is at one hundred seventy-five thousand pounds, and it will it will stay there. Um, so c- the combination of those two allowances means that if you're a couple, you can pass on an estate worth up to a million pounds tax-free. Um, so yes, it's you know it's a pr- pretty high amount, but um, inevitably more more people are going to are going to be facing an inheritance tax bill between now and, and twenty twenty-eight. So. With capital gains tax and and dividend tax, the the other um, taxes that Jeremy Hunt called out in his in his speech, um, he took he took a different approach there. So instead of freezing the allowance, he's actually announced some pretty drastic cuts to how much you can uh, how much you can earn before uh, before you need to start paying these taxes. So the amount you can earn in in so-called capital gains um, per tax year is, is going to be chopped in half from next April, um, taking it from £12,300 per person to £6,000. It doesn't stop there. Um, the following year, from April 2024, uh, the tax-free capital gains tax allowance is going gonna, is gonna to be halved again um, to £3,000. I mean, it, with capital gains tax, it's a fairly similar story to inheritance tax relatively few people end up having to pay it but uh, again a lot more people will um, as as a result of these changes over the next few years 
briefly on onto dividend tax, mirroring capital gains tax, the tax-free allowance is is being chopped. Uh, at the moment, you can make £2,000 a year from dividends without having to pay any tax. Um, that is going to fall to £1,000 from next April and is going to be halved again to £500 from April 2024. G- good news is that if, if you keep investments that, um, that pay dividends within an ISA, you won't have to worry about dividend tax at all anyway. So this is a kind of n- nice reminder to, to make the most of that ISA allowance. You can save up to £20,000 tax-free uh, per year. That's that's free from income tax, dividend tax and capital gains tax. And Jenny, just a couple more that you haven't mentioned. Um, stamp duty and council tax. What's the latest here? With stamp duty, uh, the Chancellor confirmed today that the cut that was recently announced is going to stay in place until spring 2025. Um, so what that means is that up until that point, um, if you're if you're buying a house, you won't have to pay any stamp duty on the value up to £250,000. But after spring 2025, that is going to drop back down to £125,000. If you're a first-time buyer, thresholds are slightly different. They're really quite different, in fact. At the moment, you won't pay any stamp duty uh, on anything up to £425,000. That's the case until 2025, when it will revert down to £300,000. And and that's all against uh, a backdrop of a slightly uh, wobbly housing market at the moment. So the the, um, the idea behind this is it, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna help to to prop the housing market up through this difficult period. Council tax is an interesting one. It didn't feature heavily in in the speech itself, but it's something that that the Labour Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeve really pounced on in in her response to the budget, um, pointing out that the changes that Jeremy Hunt um, was was bringing in could take the average council tax bill for a bandy property above £2,000 for the first time. At the moment, it's it's just beneath that. It's £1,966. And the reason for for that is is, is the planned changes to how councils can increase council tax rates in England. So as it stands, rises of more than 2% aren't allowed um, unless, uh, unless the council Council wins approval in a local referendum. They've also been allowed to raise an extra one percent to cover the cost of social care in recent years. So that brings you know the total um, increase without a referendum to three percent. But new plans mean that councils will be allowed to ta- uh, to hike taxes by up to five percent. So wow. come April, you know we we could all be facing potentially much heftier council tax bills. And to end then, Sam and Jenny, what do you make of all of this? It was widely trailed that today was going to be a pretty bleak budget. So. Were there any surprises? Did it meet your expectations? Well, it could have been worse if there were those tax rises, the actual rates of tax increasing. That would have been really painful. But, you know, I'm just thinking about my own situation over the next few months with my energy bills going to go up in April, which will be really difficult. Council taxes going up by as much as 4.99%. You know, my budget's going to be really stretched. Mm. So these frozen tax thresholds, you know, they may not make a big difference immediately, but those other changes will. And then a few years from now, with those frozen tax thresholds really kicking in, we're really going to feel the impact in our wallets. Yeah, Sam's absolutely right. I mean, the Chancellor was was very keen to set out why he was doing it. It was in the long term interest of the economy, as admirable as as that might be. You know, the attempts to improve stability and and let's face it, credibility for for the government after after recent weeks. The reality is that these announcements are really going to have quite a 
tough impact on households. As as Sam says, you know, there are going to be uh, tax rises in all but name. Uh, you know, this, this stealth tax is is gonna is gonna have an have an effect. Um, there are going to be some uh, some public spending cuts. So w- w- we're all going to have to brace ourselves. And I should say you can find all of our cost of living advice online at which.co.uk forward slash cost of living and our full analysis as well on the autumn statement at which.co.uk forward slash autumn statement. Thanks so much to Jenny and Sam for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded, produced and edited by Rob Lilly with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matt Jenkins.